You are listening to Fast Growth Funding, the podcast all about helping you demystify the world of AI investments. Sponsored by EAG Ventures, where entrepreneurs help entrepreneurs. This show is all about helping give as much value as possible to investors and entrepreneurs alike. So if you like what you hear, please do subscribe to the show and share this episode with your network to help us reach more people just like you. Thanks again. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Fast Growth Funding. Once again, I'm joined by Guy Remond. Guy, it's good to see you. Good to be back again. Thanks, Ivan. Nice to see you. No problem at all. No problem at all. We've got a fantastic guest once again lined up for this show. We've got Simon Booth, who's CEO of Foresight Wealth Strategists. Simon, Simon, thank you so much for coming on. Good to be here with both of you. Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. I'm very much looking forward to chairing it. Before we get started, Guy, do you want to just give a very quick introduction as to why Simon was such a great guest to have on in relationship to you know what we're doing with this fund and what we're doing with this show, which is Fast Growth Funding? Sure. I mean, we're, you know, with the, this podcast series, we're talking about investors and talking to investors specifically. There'll also be entrepreneurs that listen to this, hopefully will, will benefit from these kind of conversations. So this is, I guess, a perspective we've not had before, which is from, you know, an IFA, independent financial advisor. So I thought it would be an interesting view to have to see what Simon thinks of these kinds of investments. I've known Simon for known work with personally and professionally for about 17 years. So neither of us has aged over the years, have we? We haven't. No, we're like Peter Pan, really. I don't, I, I don't know what it is, Simon. It must be the water in, uh, the, in the south. It's all that stuff you talk about at Abundance 360, Guy, about longevity. I think That's the, there's something in the water you're back. drinking. He's going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> All right. Well, but before we get too off track, Simon, thank you so much for joining. As, as Guy said, we're really curious to find out what your perspective is on on things like AI investing and, and how they make up part of a wealth portfolio. Do you want to just give us an insight into personally what you think about investing in AI startups? Yeah, well, I think I come from a slightly different side of things. I obviously come from a, a regulated investment side of things. So the, the investments that we recommend as independent financial advisors are ones that are covered by things like the financial services compensation scheme and are what we call regulated investments. Obviously, what we're talking about here are non-regulated investments, but they can also form a really important part of someone's portfolio. And I think, you know, especially with the kind of people that we're interested in EAG, who are likely to have significant investments and be either sophisticated or high net worth investors, then they're people that are going to be looking to get a much wider spread of risk within their investment portfolio. Yeah, interesting. Let's talk a little bit about, about risk as well. Like Guy, if you want to weigh in on this one, the type of people who would get involved with EHE Ventures and, and the, the new fund that we're, we're launching, what, what kind of attitude to risk does, does do these investors typically normally need to have in order to kind of get involved with the fund? I mean, I can kick in and just start this this bit of the conversation. So, you know, as Simon kind of mentioned before, they're, they're normally, it, it can be a mixed ride, but the, the people we typically talk to are generally successful entrepreneurs themselves who have exited, sometimes have had multiple exits, and they have cash to invest. And, you know, there's lots of different ways you can invest your cash nowadays. You can put it into property, you can put it into the stock market, you can put it into, into your pension. You know, there's all sorts of different ways that you can, you can invest your cash. You know, these types of funds are another way. And they, I think they do appeal to the kind of 
you know, our target market, which is successful entrepreneurs, because they've kind of been there, done it themselves. And there's an element of wanting to give back to that kind of community that's given them so much. They've obviously worked hard and, you know, them and the team have, you know, uh, obviously talented and they've, they've, they've grown a company and grown it and, and it, it's provided enough value in the marketplace for someone to want to acquire it, usually for quite decent sums of money. So these types of investment that these privately wealthy individuals are, I think, really attractive. And there's other reasons as well. You know, they might want to become non-execs. And, you know, it's certainly something we encourage. We are a big fan of ex-entrepreneurs working with newer entrepreneurs that are either in the startup phase or in a early high growth phase um, in helping them kind of build a business and and make their business a success and benefit from the badges and scars of that particular entrepreneur. So as well as investing money, they quite often invest time, advice, and contacts. So, you know, it, it's kind of a, there's big wins all around for this kind of concept. Fantastic. Simon, I, you said you've been working with Guy for quite a long time now, for quite a, quite a number of years. You probably encountered a fair few of entrepreneurs who are similar to, to Guy as well. When it comes to their, their kind of investment appetite and, you know, in getting involved in, in these kind of in the investments that maybe some would consider more risky than a normal kind of registered portfolio, what would you say, are there any kind of, let's not say advice, but words of direction? that you would give someone when they are looking to invest in a portfolio that is made up of AI startups? Yeah, well, I think one of the things to think about is that people that run their own businesses are prepared to take a level of risk that possibly people who don't run their own businesses aren't prepared to do. Just running your own business it has inherent risks within itself. And what we find is that people who have successfully exited from their business often want to have more sort of speculative investments, but sometimes don't necessarily have either the the time to give to a particular company or the expertise in a particular area. So obviously, you know, one of the things about having a, effectively a pooled investment is that you're taking on everybody else's expertise and knowledge and hopefully benefiting from that. Great. Guy, do you want, like, and that's kind of what we, we've talked a lot about on this podcast is pooling together a bunch of diverse experience and, and knowledge to get the best results for people who are investing in, in a fund like EHEs especially when it comes to, you know, one of the big things that you talk a lot about, Guy, is, is the in-house tech team that, that EHE Ventures does have to help build the tech, but also make sure that it's it's vetted and make sure that it's it's compliant and make sure that all the due diligence is done uh, on it as well to ensure the success of those companies. Do you want to speak a little bit to that in relationship to what Simon was saying? Yeah, sure. So we've decided to focus on Companies who have themselves a focus on on artificial intelligence, it's our belief that there's a lot of buzz around regenerative AI at the moment, and some of that is a bit of bluster. And that the, you know, there's a lot of good companies out there as well. So you, you have to kind of be able to sort through the wheat from the chaff and decide and understand what represents good. And you know, we are pretty unique, I think, in the investment world in the fact that we have our own in-house tech team who have been together predominantly for the last five or six years now and have built numerous tens of products for tech product startup entrepreneurs and got them on the way. So, you know, when that happens, we know that that particular company has a well-architected, well-engineered MVP and, you know, therefore could represent a, a good investment further down the line as the company develops and 
then requires slightly more investment to get through the the high growth stage that they you know were hoping that they want to go through. So, I think having a tech team gives you a number of advantages. One is that you know what represents good. You can work out what you know whether the AI is genuine AI and whether it's technically feasible with the budgets they've got. It's technically possible. If there's a product already being built, they might have a POC that they've been working on for the last 12 months. Then we can have a look under the hood and see, you know, how good the engineering is, how good the architecture, how well that's been thought out, whether, you know, the POC is something that is throwaway code or whether it's something that we can, we can build on because they have thought ahead and, you know, thought past the actual POC and it can be developed into an MVP and maybe in a 1.0 and it has that kind of technical capability. So, Having a tech team gives us a number of advantages. We also actually, we do due diligence on behalf of other investors. So they pay us to do some of their due diligence to make sure that the investments that they're looking at are suitable. And, you know, by doing that, by default, we're also getting a really good window into those investments. And, you know, potentially they are investments that we can participate in. So however you look at it, having your own tech team in-house gives any investor a huge advantage. And honestly, in the investment world, they're few and far between. Brilliant. Simon, just a question in terms of like AI companies and AI startups and the make and how they like make up a wealth strategy portfolio, let's say. Is, is this something that's common with people who are putting together diverse portfolios to, to build wealth over the long term? Or is this something that's more kind of on the fringe, do you think, in, in your experience? I think that AI is definitely become, going to be very important in investing in the future. Obviously, you know, it is the future. It is the future of a lot of the technical innovations that are coming along at the moment. In terms of there being funds, for instance, that specialise just in AI, I can't think of any off the top of my head. And obviously, you know, what guy... And EHE are looking at is probably the starting point of it to bring companies to the market so that there will be more AI investments to invest in in the future. Brilliant. And that's really interesting. So what do you think, it, like, in your opinion, needs to happen in order for something like an AI, AI startups to become more mainstream when it comes to building portfolios? One of the problems is that for the mainstream funds to invest, there's got to be a certain size involved. The size that they want to invest in is probably not the size that EHE wants to invest in. EHE are doing from the ground upwards. Obviously, the, the mainstream funds start to get interested once they have significantly larger businesses there. Because obviously, you know, if people get interested, their customers or their clients are going to invest tens or even hundreds of millions of pounds. And that means for that, you've got to have quite mature companies rather than people who are literally starting it from the ground upwards. Interesting. Go on, go. I mean, Ivan, just to emphasize, by the way, the fund is designed to work with some startups, but also, and probably more so, early stage, high growth companies. That's really where we feel our sweet spot is. So, you know, and I think that lends itself well to the people we have within the business. We've talked about the tech team, so I'm not going to kind of go over that again, but that gives us that kind of capability to really do some proper due diligence on the idea and so on and so forth, like I talked about before. But actually, the EHE team is made up of a number of exited entrepreneurs and operators in exited companies. And we do have some some corporate experience in there as well, as it happens. So we have a gentleman called Andy Grove, who uh, is ex-LDC, which is a Lloyd's own mid-size 
private equity company. He was number two there for uh, some like 15 years. So he gives uh, our team that fund uh, experience and know-how. We have Neil Vose, who has got more of a corporate career, although he has worked within the startup field as well. But he, we joke that he he kind of talks in acronyms and he's able to to talk. We did a whole podcast about that a few weeks back. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it's like talking Klingon, but the corporate investment community, you know, really kind of understand that kind of world. And and quite frankly, you know, Gary, my business partner, and I, and the more entrepreneurial side of the EH team aren't as experienced in that. And you need both. And you know, so I think we've got a really nice mix of the tech capability, the corporate experience and in particular the entrepreneurial experience and that's what separates us from most of the other companies kind of out there so we we you know we i think we do what we are able to spot really good opportunities there's no guarantees with anything because you can be sideswiped by something that's completely out of your control however i think we we have the capability of with the mix of people we have and the experience we have of, of, of mitigating some of the risks that are involved in in investing in a normal way in a normal environment. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting because if you think about some of the big tech companies today that are probably on most people's portfolios when you know when when you invest because tech is you know such a huge market, a fund like EHG Ventures is necessary to start breeding the new kind of generation of tech companies that may well become such a large part of someone's portfolio in the future, right? So they have to start somewhere, and in order to get started you have to have you know funding at some level which i think this is where these two worlds collide quite nicely what do you think from my perspective when when you invest in some of the the bigger stocks typically and and sam will be able to speak more eloquently about that side of things than i can but you know you you're investing at a much much later stage and don't get me wrong they can still go through growth spurts they can still have downsides but you you're investing at a point where the Businesses are normally pretty stable uh, and, you, you know, it's probably less risk involved in reality. We're investing at a far earlier level and there is more risk at that kind of early stage. But the reward on the flip side is also, you know, the, the potential for the reward can be great as well. So I guess it's all relative. Our expertise is at the early stage startup and, and high growth stage of, of developing businesses. We've all taken, you know, taken businesses from from zero normally up to about a hundred and I think 120 million pounds exits. So, you know, nothing like the billions or the unicorns that you typically might invest in on the stock market, but certainly some pretty serious players that will go on to become unicorns. And the beauty of investing when when you do with the kind of companies that we choose is that you have a chance of kind of being part of that journey. And that's why I think it does appeal to uh, entrepreneurs because they are a little bit more you know they've got money they can afford to lose but equally they are astute enough to understand that when you pick the right fund and the right people running the fund that actually these kind of investments can be terrific investments and a lot of fun along the way great what do you think simon Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, from what I can see, you know, that, listen, if you're investing in the startup, there has to be an element of risk associated with it. And obviously, people don't take risk just for the sake of taking risk. They want to do it because they want to get a return at the end of the day, you know, and someone like Guy, who's got experience in the tech side of things, and certainly I've had experience of the people that he works with on the, the, the building side of things, 
he employs experts. I always used to say with his, his business that I think Guy's expertise or expertise was the fact that he wasn't the technical person within it, but he could manage the whole lot really, really well. Sometimes knowing too much about something is actually a disadvantage. You need to have someone who can step back and manage it properly and see the risks and the potential returns. I think Guy's really, really good at that. So yes, you know, I think with with these investments, there are definitely going to be some that don't last to the end or to an IPO. But I'm confident, you know, knowing what I know about Guy, that he's going to find somewhere that will do really well. Maybe not be unicorns. That's, is that a billion pounds valuation for a unicorn? A billion dollars, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Billion dollars, let, let, me, let me tell you a quick story, just to your point, Simon. So my nickname uh, at Kate was The Pinch. So I don't know if you ever watched Ocean's Eleven, but the pinch was the electromagnetic machine. When they hit the button, anything within a mile radius of, of that machine, electrical was was failed. It was you know it stopped working. So you know if they wanted to break something, they brought me in. If they wanted to build something, they kept me well away. So I know I know my place. I know my unique ability, and it definitely wasn't building the tech that my company specialised in. No, but I'm sure that you're the kind of person that you're very good at spotting an opportunity, which is what it's all about. The other important factor, and actually, you know, we say on a number of podcasts previously that the uh, actually the, the skill is first um, looking at the team because you can have the, the best idea in the world, but if you don't have the team to deliver it, it's not an idea. So, you know, we always look at the team first and say, has this entrepreneur got the capability to build a unique team? Or has this entrepreneur already hired the beginnings of a really good team? And if we think that is a yes, or they've got, you know, within their investment deck, for example, they've identified people that they've already spoken to that are going to join them as the investment comes in. And we look at the team and go, do you know what? That's a really balanced, capable team with a mix of experience, at least some experience in, in the startup world or in that sort of high growth world, then you know, that's a big tick in the box. And then we start to look at the idea and then we start to look at the financials. It's in that order because that's without each of those running in that order, then the business won't make it. I agree. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, just before we, we wrap up, just to kind of conclude this conversation, Simon, it's been awesome having you on. Thank you so much for, for joining us. As a final word, what do you think the best way for sort of high net worth individuals or, or potential investors, how should they think about AI startups or AI right now when it comes to building like a long-term wealth strategy, do you think? Well, I think if you're looking at a long-term wealth strategy, I think the important thing is to look at the whole financial picture. And therefore, you need to look at the more boring side of the investment side of things, which is obviously where people like myself as our IFAs are involved. But obviously, in order to invest in EHE, you need to be someone who is either a sophisticated or a high net worth investor. And therefore, Hopefully what you will have is the basics sorted out, which is where we come in. And at that point, you're then looking to do something above and beyond that. And that's obviously where EHE come in. Yeah, brilliant. Good stuff. Right. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been great having you on, Simon. Guys, it's been a pleasure as always. We'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks again for listening to Fast Growth Funding. Don't forget to subscribe for instant access to new episodes and follow EHE Ventures on LinkedIn for regular insights and updates on the world of AI investments. If you are interested in learning more about EHE Ventures or the AI Early Stage Growth Fund, then let's chat. Just click the link in the show notes below, head over to our landing page, register interest, and we will spark up a whole conversation with you. Speak soon.